This is the Horse Talk Show Podcast with Louisa Barton. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital Broadcasting from the Horse Capital this morning. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. Co-hosting with me today, I have Karen Rolfe. Uh, she is from Dressage Naturally. It's lovely to have a guest co-host. And joining us now by phone, one of my favorite guests, and definitely the best turf writer in the world, our Hall of Famer, Steve Haskin. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Louisa. How are you? Wonderful. Welcome back to the show. I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time this week for joining us. I know it's a difficult week for your family, and our prayers and thoughts are with uh, everybody connected. I know you lost your brother this week, and uh, we just really appreciate the fact that you were still able to be with us this morning. Uh, we know. Thank you very much. Yes, and, and we love we love having you on the show. It's been a, it's been a while, but you know we've gone through some changes to a sort of a television style broadcast. So the next thing we need to do is get you a smartphone so we can have you on live next to us. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hoping. Let's put it this way: the one I'm talking to you on now is on its last legs. Um, yeah, I've got to, you know, I've got to charge it like uh, four days to get it up to 90 percent. So, and then it, then it loses it in, in like 20 minutes. So. It is, it, it, it is time to get a, uh, yes. a smartphone. Yes, it is. I don't, know, I don't know if a stupid person can operate a smartphone, but uh, I'll, I'll let the phone be the smart one. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. You, you didn't get to the, uh, the Hall of Fame, Steve, without being pretty brilliant. So as we say in England, you're brill and we know it. So uh, the last few months have been... By the way, I just got to yeah. say, say before we start, by the way, the last time I, 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 I attended the National Horse Show, Mm -hmm. This is, it's probably the greatest national horse show in history. It was the day that they, they honored and said farewell to Cigar at Madison Square Garden. Oh. Because Madeline Paulson, you know, was big on, on, on the horse shows and equestrian. And she arranged somehow for them to van Cigar from Belmont Park into the city with a police escort. And they unloaded him, um, on, on, the, on the side entrance of Madison Square Garden, they closed all of 7th Avenue. There was not a single car on 7th Avenue because they had a parade of the Clydesdales and the New York Knicks cheerleaders and a marching band and had a big truck with Cigar's name all over it with a big Empire State Building on the side of it. And he came, and I have to tell you, by the way, I, I lost it when they paraded him around and he broke off into this show horse canter uh, and they put a spotlight on him, just a spotlight, Aww. and they played Old Lang Syne. When the lights came back on, a there was a dry eye in the place, including mine. I mean, I totally, totally lost it. It was like one of the most, the most emotional experiences I ever had. So, you know, my hat's off to the horse show crowd for getting so involved in, in this, but it had never been done before, and it obviously never will be done again to have the horse of the year, one of the great horses at Madison Square Garden. How amazing. You know, last year we had a huge parade here downtown. We closed our downtown. We had 31 different breeds of horses, Steve, and we had the Budweiser oh, wow. Clydesdales down here, and I called Coolmore and I begged. I said, is there any way? <laughs> Would you please ship American Pharaoh in for a parade? <laughs> they, right. they didn't go for it. I well, knew they wouldn't, but well, I, well, I had Mott. to try. <laughs> well, Bill Mott thought Madeline was out of her mind. Yeah. Something like that had never been done. You just don't take a third 
no. and, and unload them and then parade them. Even uh, Bill, Bill Cosby showed up on a horse and uh, members of the New York Knicks and the New York Rangers. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. She managed, you know, the, the National Horse Show put on this incredible show. That's amazing. And, and, and it was it was amazing. People had signs out, and you know, uh, uh, when the van arrived, and Jerry Bailey showed up and was on the van with cigar, and they let him off. And, oh my God! It, it was uh, it, it was it was wonderful. So what a I moment! A, a high opinion of the national uh, the horse show crowd. Oh gosh, yeah, it's wonderful. Well, you know, this year has been a bit odd, Steve, because we were sort of excited about having another Triple Crown winner, and then of course he retired. And then we were excited because we still had good magic, and he's not uh, going to be in the Breeders' Cup. And then a couple of our juveniles that were kind of exciting, and Instagram, to mention one of them, um, you know, not, not uh, training for the Breeders' Cup. So we kind of uh, have had a little bit of an interesting year, and I know there's still a lot of horses to be excited about, and I know we have a lot of Ocala connections that we're very excited about as well. Um, that are going to be uh, racing. But talk to us a little bit about what your thoughts are uh, about the upcoming Breeders' Cup races. Well, obviously, uh, the Classic obviously is going to miss Justify. Um, I thought for a while there it was going to be a Classic East versus West showdown with mm -hmm. Accelerate first versus Diversify. But unfortunately, Diversify self-destructed in the uh, Jackson Cup Gold Cup and Accelerate even though he won the awesome again, uh, it was not quite as impressive as people were expecting. Even though he did beat West Coast, who, who desperately needed the race, he hadn't run since uh, Dubai, and he actually ran a very good race. But what's happened now is that because of that, we have a total mishmash. I mean, we've got horses coming from everywhere for the Classic now. And we've got, uh, we do have some good three-year-olds that are still left. And we have some very interesting angles because you have, uh, to me, there's a new trend developing in racing now where you have turf horses going to the dirt. I mean, I don't mean just ordinary turf horses, but confirmed turf horses. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, first off, we had uh, Catholic Boy. Right. Who started his career on the turf, and then he did win the reps on the dirt, and they put him on the Kentucky Derby Trail. But but he uh, but he bled badly and it, that didn't work out. And then they put him back and they just made him a turf horse again. And he won the Penine Ridge at Belmont and then he won the Belmont Derby on the turf. And it looked like he was on his way to being a horse that was going to probably run under Secretariat Stakes and maybe stretch him out for the British Cup turf. Well, he worked so well at Saratoga that they decided to go back to the dirt again and they ran him in the Travers and he won, and he won, it. won the race. He, he yeah. won for fun. He won mm -hmm. easily in good time. <laughs> so now, all of a sudden, he's, he's a major contender. And then the following week after the Travers, Bill Mott decided to put Yoshida on the dirt after an entire career on the grass, including you know, a very good performance at Royal Ascot in the Queen Anne Stakes when he was beaten only a length and a quarter. And he came and he just mowed everybody down in the stretch and one going away. He came home his last three eights and 36 flat which is extraordinary, Fast, and, he yeah. won, and, he, and won 48-4, which was excellent time. So now all of a sudden, you've got two of the favorites for the uh, for the Classic were previously confirmed turf horses. Well, turf horses, and yeah. You also have, yeah, and then you also have to remember you've got Thunder Snow, who started out his career on the turf. His first six races were on the turf. That's right. He took him off, and he, and he won the UAE 2000 Guineas and the UAE Derby on the dirt. 
and then they brought him back to England. They put him back on the turf again. He ran five straight turf races. That's right. They, they took him off. They took him off, and he winds up winning the uh, Maktoum Challenge, and then the and then he runs away with the Dubai World Cup. So they put him back on the turf, and the judge by internationally doesn't do anything, and they bring him here, and he gets beat in the neck, runs a tremendous race in the Jockey Club Gold Cup. So he's another turf to dirt horse. So you've got so many angles in here. You got Toast of New York, who was a turf horse, who nearly won the Breeders' Cup Classic four years ago. Four years ago. Yes, you're right. Gosh. <laughs> he was out for he, he was out. He was out for three years, and then he was out again. And uh, they, you know, they they tried bringing him back, and then they brought him back for the Lucas Classic a few weeks ago, and he ran a tremendous race to run second to Mind Your Biscuits. You I know, like Mind Your Biscuits. What a name. I know. That one trained here, too. That one trained here, too. Yeah. I, I know the yeah. lady that trained that horse. And wow, Susan Montaigne. That's a fabulous well, horse. Mind Your Biscuits. Mind Your Biscuits. Uh, I love that name. And don't forget Catholic Boy. Catholic Boy is a Bridalwood, yes. That's right. Jonathan Thomas. I've been trying to get him into the radio station here to talk to us. But yeah, Jonathan Thomas is a young man, done an absolutely fantastic job with Catholic Boy. So that's a great Bridalwood connection as well. So that's another another one we're excited about. Uh, we got about 12 or 13 actual Florida breads in the Breeders' Cup if they all go as, you know, as scheduled. And then another at least 10 or 12 with connections. So it's um it's exciting you know to have all the uh the ocala people all cheering on their you know horses they're connected to but yeah we're excited about catholic boy but it's interesting you talking about that turf um the you know the turf factor because i think that really shows how versatile those horses are and i think going on to when they go to stud i think it's great for people you know to then maybe their progeny will be you know as versatile maybe be able to do either as well so i think that's a right. i think that's a big big plus for a horse when it is versatile enough to do either and win in you know in either the you know the turf or the dirt so you're right going into the classic we're going to see some some turf horses uh <laughs> maybe winning yeah. that race so who is your and, and, who is your favorite for like the mine. classic sorry go ahead no, I'm just gonna say, look at a horse like Mind Your Biscuits. I mean, Chad Summers doesn't even, he's got a choice of three races. He would be a leading contender in the sprint, a leading contender in the dirt mile, and a leading contender in the classic. Shows you what kind of a job Chad Summers has done with his horse. He can do anything. You're so right. We, I, th I think he's, yeah, I mean, he's been training him to stretch out for the classic, but it wouldn't shock me. I don't, I, it would shock me if he went back to the sprint. I don't think he wants to run against some of these uh, these sprinters that we have now. Like, he's, he was at Saratoga, he was stable in the same barn as Imperial Head. So he knows how good a horse Imperial Head is. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's any way that he wants to. And, you know, promises fulfilled, Limousine Liberal, Roy H, who won the, the race last year, Whitmore. Uh, it, it, it's really a very strong sprint field. So it wouldn't have shocked me if he went back to the third mile, but... I know in Chad Summers, he wants to prestige with the classic, and if there's a chance that that uh, Maj Biscuits could win that race, I think he'll go in there as well. But when I say mishmash, you know, you throw in Mendelssohn, right? You know, who, who was a grass, you know, he was a grass horse. He won the British Cup Juvenile Turf last year That's and right. wound up winning the uh, UAE Derby by 18 lengths. And he's run extremely well in his last few races. I thought his race in the Jockey Club Gold Cup was brilliant. Like I said, you have West Coast. Coming back, he needed the awesome 
That's right. Um, you know, so it, it's it's very, and then of course you got Bob Baffert's got McKenzie in there who missed the whole Derby Trail after he got hurt. That's right, and he's amazing. Yeah, and he came back and was was very impressive winning the Pennsylvania Derby. So I mean, it is an absolute fact. So you don't have the one big star. No, but no. it's an absolutely fascinating race. The big star of the day. By far, is going to be enable. I mean, the two-time uh, art-winning filly. I mean, she is something spectacular. I mean, I'd be shocked if the Europeans got beat. Even the supporting cast is extraordinary. So I don't see an American horse winning that race. Mm. I but think you know, it'll you be. You talk a... about Ocala. You talk about Ocala. I take. I tell you, a horse that you should really be looking for, who's fascinating, because we don't know quite how good he is. Is well defined. That's right. Was, you know, was the king of the uh, Florida Stallion Series this year. That's right. Yes, yes. In fact, our producer was down there at that race. Uh, very exciting. So that could be a very, very exciting uh, horse to watch for us, especially here. Um, Steve, before we close out this segment, I'm looking forward to 2019 to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, do you have a, a juvenile at the moment that you just love yet? Um, I have a few. Uh, one of them won't be running again this year. That's Bill Montrose Mucho, mm -hmm. um, who I thought was extraordinarily impressive when he broke his maiden. And then he ran a really good second in hopeful stakes. He did not have a good trip. But I love his pedigree. He's definitely going to go a mile and a quarter. And there's a few horses that will be in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile that I really like. Obviously, the favorite's going to be game winner. Um, there's no reason why he shouldn't stretch out Bob Baffert's horse. Right. Chad Brown's got a very talented horse named Complexity. I just don't know how far he wants to go. But the horse that finished second to Complexity in the Champagne Stakes, and Shook McGahee has named Code of Honor, um, owned by Lane Zend. This horse stumbled really badly at the start, made a big move from the back of the pack, and I, and I love the way he was, he couldn't catch Complexity. But I like the way he was opening up on uh, on the rest of the field. So I'm looking forward to, to see him in the juvenile and as a three-year-old. And the horse that finished third in that race, who was dead last the whole way, and went eight wide at the head of the stretch, lost a ton of ground and finished third, was Aurelius Maximus. So right now, those are the those are my main uh, Derby horses right now. If I'm looking ahead, that's that far that far ahead. Yeah, and I like to start here. I love, I love it when you start giving me a few names because usually they end up showing up in your Derby Dozen. Then we follow your Derby Dozen so closely every every single week, all the way up to the Derby from the from really from the early part of the year. So, uh, so I always like to. I just type down all those names you just said <laughs> because I keep track of who you like because you're always spot on. <laughs> Right. Steve, well, I, there's other ones I'll throw at you too. And if he runs in the juvenile, it'll be a big long shot because he was he was disappointing actually um, in the champagne. I thought he was going to run a big race, but I was very, I loved the way uh, Karen McLaughlin's horse endorsed mm -hmm. his maiden. It was only by a neck, but he he overcame a lot and he showed a tremendous will to win. And I I, I, re I really like his uh, his pedigree, you know, to go with distance. And I really, and, but he just didn't show up at the champagne. He was down on the rail the whole way. And I'm going to give him a mulligan on that one. And I want to see what he does in his next start to see if he can bounce back. But uh, if he runs in the juvenile, he'll be a big long shot because his last race was not very good. 
That's but, the one uh, I may put yeah, some money on then. <laughs> that might be one I might just, I'm not much of a gambler, but I might put some money on that one just in case. Steve, I want to thank you so much for, uh, for joining us uh, this week and just kind of getting us up to date on the Breeders' Cup and giving us a little sneak peek into who might be in your Derby Dozen uh, for the Derby in 2019. Thank you so much for joining us again and um, all of our prayers and thoughts going to your family this week at a difficult time. And uh, we always love talking to you. We'd love to talk to you again before the Breeders' Cup. So uh, take care of yourselves and uh, have a wonderful Thank weekend. You. Thank you for joining yeah, any, us. Any, any, any time. I Always know. A pleasure. I know. Thank you. I'm going to send you some tea. Don't forget to send me your address. <laughs> I will. Hi, guys. This is Louisa Barton. I really hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Horse Talk Show podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and let me know what you thought. Now, please go out there and share the podcast. 